This is Captain Jeff, and welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. This week, we celebrate episode 201. Three years into the podcast, and we've been able to average over one episode a week. And I'd like to thank the audience, the guests, and the co-hosts for helping me grow this podcast consistently over that time. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, and I look forward to entertaining and educating people who love their coastal communities. Right here on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Wow, hard to believe we banged out over 200 episodes right here on the Real Guy Podcast. Not only do we exceed 200 episodes, but we finally got our Real Guy Podcast t-shirts. So all the people that won the t-shirt on the Sport My Review will be sending those things out right away. Um, took a little while to get the shirts, but we finally got them in, and we're really excited that we're celebrating 201 episodes on the Real Guy Podcast. This week, we talk about the similarities and the contrast between pro fishing guides and pro athletes. Every year at the beginning of the year, usually January, I apologize to all my friends and family right up front because I know that the first six months of the year, it's really hard for me to keep in contact with people, do the things that I'd like to do with people, friends, family, other fishermen, acquaintances. It's just hard for the first six months of the year. And the reason it's so hard is because we're banging out fishing trips almost every day. And if you fish and you spend time out on the boat, it consumes you. The whole day consumes you. And there's not a lot of things you can do while you are concentrating on fishing. What I mean by that is somebody wants to call and bullshit about, you know, last night's ball game or what they're going to do for vacation or something like that in the middle of the day. You can't entertain that type of conversation. You can't entertain that part of your life while you're focusing on fishing. The way my schedule works down here in South Florida as a tarpon guide, what I'd like to focus on in my strategy for the year is to bang out about 100 days of fishing in the first five months of the year. And I have 100 days of fishing. I don't do near as many doubles as I used to. So out of 100 days of fishing figure, call it 120 trips in the first five months of the year. Now, if I can get my 120 trips in in the first five months of the year, the rest of the year, I don't have to schedule every single day. I don't have to keep the intensity level up the other seven months. Although you fish and you make an income those other months, it's just not the peak of your season. And every fishing pro, and that's what this podcast is all about, is being a pro and a fisherman. Because most people don't realize it, and you don't really think of it, but fishing guides are pro athletes. And this reality always comes to mind this time of year. And the reason it comes to this mind this time of year is because I'm intensity level is crazy high and we're getting towards the end of the season in most sports you would call it like playoffs as a tarpon guide march the tarpons start to build some momentum april it's in full effect may it's in full effect june it's in full effect and then it peters off into the season into the summer down here in south florida 
So that's the peak of the season. And during that peak of the season is you get extremely exhausted because you're just, you know, working so much. So you come home at night and turn on the TV and you're watching hockey playoffs. You're watching basketball playoffs and then the start of the major league baseball league. And you think to yourself that your lifestyle is very similar to some of these other athletes that are going through this playoff stretch because you know the similarities and you can identify them because you're going through the process every season. Now, the number one factor in being a professional athlete is it means that you're paying your bills. You're supporting your family. You're supporting your lifestyle with the income that you're making from the sport. Whether you're a golfer, whether you're a baseball player, whether you're a NASCAR racer, whatever the sport may be, you're a true pro when your whole life depends on the income that you make from the sport. So you can see why being a fishing guide falls underneath the category of being a professional athlete. So today I'd like to compare fishing to some of the other sports and then try to narrow it down to find out what the characteristics are that we share with other forms of athletics. Now, the only other sport that I've actually applied myself at is football. I was never a pro at football. It was never my main income or anything like that, but I did take it awfully seriously, and I dedicated my life to it for my high school and college years. And I played in a, a few good systems, one being St. Thomas Aquinas High School, probably the best high school program in the country. And then I went off to play Division I college at University of Connecticut. And both of them, you had to apply yourself fully, invested yourself in order to be successful on the playing field. Very similar to fishing. Although fishing isn't a team sport, it's more like, I don't know, golf, maybe tennis, but probably more like a professional surfer would be your best comparison to a professional fisherman. And the reason I say a surfer is because a surfer has to deal with a lot of the same issues that a fisherman has to deal with. Your conditions change and you can't control your conditions. You have to adjust your strategy with Mother Nature. As Mother Nature changes, your strategy will change. And that's a part of the learning curve that a lot of the other sports you know, don't have to deal with. Like, for instance, football, you have to deal with the elements outside to an extent. For instance, if it's raining real hard or it's crazy cold while you're playing the game, then you adjust your offense and your defense to those conditions. As a surfer, when the waves are big, you have different equipment. Same with fishing. When the fish are big, you're using different equipment. When the fish are small, you're using different equipment. Very similar to a surfer. Football, you don't really enjoy that type of change. It's kind of consistent, it's regulated, and there's a, there's a schedule of rules and conditions that you know that you're walking into, although the weather does have something to do with it. But unlike surfing, and a little bit more like NASCAR, you have equipment upkeep and it has to perform for you. Like for instance, I love my Yamaha engine because I know that's a very dependable engine. I put crazy amount of hours on it and I depend on that engine to work the way it's supposed to every single day. Same with my fishing rods, my fishing tackle, my cast net, my new trolling motor, my truck, my trailer. 
All these things have to be maintained. All these things have to be working in perfect order in order for my professional fishing to work. So surfing doesn't have that. NASCAR does. So if you're fishing from a boat, then you have a whole element of equipment and upkeep that has to be dealt with. And that's part of being a professional guide. I would say one of the most unique things about being a professional fisherman is there's no agent involved. Like for instance, if you're a professional golfer and you're very successful, you have an agent that works for you and he does a lot of the business aspects for you, gets sponsors for you, that kind of thing. Fishermen don't have agents, although I wish we did. What we got to do is we have to deal with our customers. And those are the ones that we have to cater to. And those are the ones that the price point has to be correct. And those are the ones that have to feel satisfied at the end of the day. And it's a little bit different dynamic than in most pro sports. Because you're dealing with collecting the income. You're dealing with collecting the revenue and providing the service in order for that to happen. You don't just plug yourself in. Although there are fishing operations where you can just plug yourself in. Like I know a lot of guides that run to the Keys during tarpon season. And they be, may be like trout fishermen from Colorado or whatever. But they go to the Keys in these places like Chico Lodge and you know these big um, resorts and stuff. Keep them fed. And what I mean by that is they supply the customers for them. The pricing for them. They book the trips for them. And all these guys got to do is show up and bang out the trips. So there's a tiny little bit of that that I've seen down in the Keys. But for the most part, fishing guides have to deal with their clientele. They have to deal with their money strategies, and they don't have agents to deal with that for them. And it's just a different aspect to the business. And realize, being a professional athlete's a business. I wish I knew a little bit more about golf because it seems like golfers have a lot of the same equipment type um, strategies as fishermen do meaning they have certain um, clubs for different parts of the golf course according to the long drive or a short putter or anything in between they have balls that they like to use and the other thing about golfing and fishing is they kind of like have an attire like you can look at a fisherman according to the clothes that he wears and you can be like oh that's a fisherman you can also look at a golfer with the clothes they wear and say oh that's a golfer I mean, not 100% of the time, but they have apparel and they have brands that they surround themselves with. But golfing has, you know, a set of rules and a standard by the association. And it's played the exact same way. And there's a lot of people involved in making the courses and the tournament structure. And there's a tournament structure in bass fishing. There's a tournament structure in some of the offshore um, tournaments. But... That's a little bit different than being a fishing guide. Being a tournament fisherman is a different game altogether. What fishing does have is you have the IGFA, the International Game Fish Association. And a lot of fishermen will take the rules and standards of the IGFA and apply it to themselves. And that's the closest thing we have to anything like the PGA, <laughs> the IGFA. And a lot of times when I'm tarpon fishing, I'll use some of the IGFA rules to consider what we call a catch. Um, the IGFA says that if you reel your leader knot up into your eye tip, 
with a 15 foot leader or less, then that's a catch. So when my clients catch a tarpon, I will refer to the IGFA rules of them leadering that fish as a catch. And then I always say the same thing. It doesn't do shit for your scrapbook, but IGFA says it's a catch. That's the closest thing we have as fishing guides for any type of rules or standards. We'll use the IGFA rules or standards. So there are many areas that fishing you can compare to other sports, but it's not necessarily identical or it's not necessarily concrete. What is concrete and what is something that is identical to many other sports is the physicality of fishing and being a professional. And what do I mean by that? Well, I don't care what sport you do. It could be surfing, golf, tennis, NASCAR, any sport that you can think of. If you don't normally do that sport and then you do that sport out of a whim where you're not trained for it and you haven't been doing it, let's say I go to the driving range tomorrow and I'm going to hit a bucket of golf balls. Now, I haven't picked up a golf club maybe four or five times in my entire life, but I decide I'm going to go to the golf course tomorrow or the driving range tomorrow. I pick up a club and I hit a couple buckets of balls. I guarantee you the next day that my body's feeling it. I'm using muscles and balancing myself differently, hitting those buckets of balls than I do fishing. And there's a pretty good chance that physically I'm going to feel that. Mentally, I'm going to feel that too. Because, then I'm, because I'm fishing every single day, mentally I'm in tune. I'm not questioning myself. I know what's going on. But if I did the driving range thing, it'd be mentally excruciating for me because I'm not familiar. I'm not practicing every single day. So there's a physical element to it all. Now, right now, I just fished 20 out of the last 24 days. I do that this time of year. It's the peak of the season. And my body's feeling it. Very similar to those hockey players that I'm watching and during their playoffs. They've been playing all season. They're getting to the end of the season. The game gets more intense. And you're just hoping physically that you can get through it. And then you adapt your game according to what happens to you physically. Like, for instance, the other day, I'm out fishing and it's outgoing tide and the inlet's a little bumpy. And I reach over and I grab my leaning post to brace myself. And I'm not sure what happened, but I tweaked a little... On a ligament in my shoulder. Now, because I tweaked that ligament in my shoulder, I know that I have to make throwing the net, picking up buckets, doing the physical things, I have to adjust. And what I mean by that is maybe I have to spend an extra 30 or 40 minutes catching bait because the shoulder's bugging me a little bit. So I can't press myself. I can't push myself to the limit. So you give yourself a little bit more time. Maybe you lose, use a bigger and lighter net than you normally would. And you adjust according to your physical ailments. Say you're a push-pull guy and you hurt your shoulder. A lot of those guys, they have hand problems and shoulder problems from pushing all the time. So if you're in the middle of your season and you're aching and you're trying to get through it, you're probably not going to go to the flat that you're going to pull against the wind and against the tide right now. If you have three areas to fish and two of them you have to pull against the wind and against the tide, and the third one you can go with the wind and with the tide, and you don't have to stress your body, then you pick the third option. 
And that's what I mean by the physicality of it all. And just like every other sport, it, it, it pushes you mentally. Mentally, you have to stay in the game. It's every bit as important as the physical side of it. And what I mean by mentally, there's things that you want to do. You want to take shortcuts because you're tired. You want to take shortcuts because you're hurt. This is not the time to do that. This is the time to press yourself. This is the time to make it happen. Knowing that July is going to be right around the corner. Knowing that you're going to take 10 days, 2 weeks off then. So you push yourself to the outer limits now. The way professional athletes do. One thing about professional athletes is they all have to push themselves physically and mentally. No different in fishing. Although fishing can be an individual sport, there's still a team element to it. And, and let me walk you through what I mean by team element. During the January, February, and March, when we're catching tarpon on shrimp, not a day goes by where I don't touch base with my bait guy, Chris, from Bait'em Up Tackle. Chris is an essential part of that time of year, so we stay in contact. And we make sure that the bait is the way we need it in order to be successful. So he's one part of the team. I also have my man, Mike who's my Yamaha guy. And if something happens to my engine in the middle of the season, I know that I can count on him to come over here late at night, fix the problem so I can finish my season. I also have an electrician, an electrical guy. Jay Edwards, one of the best inshore fishermen in all of Broward County. If my boat goes down, I can count on Jay to fix any type of electrical problem that I've had. Also at the beginning of the season is you touch base with your team to make sure that they're ready for you. For instance, I bring my, my trailer in and I get full service on my trailer. This year I had Jay redo all my electronics. Mike the Yamaha guy comes, does full service, does a check on the engine to prop the lower unit to make sure that I'm going to get through and I'm going to make it. So there's a little bit of a team element as far as preparation and endurance goes. And you have to put those people in order. And then you have your coaches and you have your people you look for advice from. Now me, I have a small network of fishermen that I actually communicate with. I don't mind sharing information with because they're part of my team and they can help me be successful. I have my man Timmy. I have another guy, Leo. I have another guy, Ryan. And it's not like I talk to them every single day. But when conditions change or I want to bounce something off of somebody, I'll often text my buddy Ryan and ask him what he thinks. Or if I need something, I may ask my buddy Leo because he's in the same situation as I am. He's a professional fisherman. He's putting himself in a position that he has to go fishing every single day. And those are the people that you want on your team. And those are the people that you want to get your best advice from. So I often call these people. But really, that's the most team that you have in fishing. Between you know, people that are keeping up your equipment the people that are making you successful, the people that you are consulting with on a consistent basis is your team when you're a professional fishing guide. And if you've been a professional fishing guide for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, hopefully I'm opening up your eyes to understand the profession and understand the sport. The last couple of things I want to talk about is practice and execution. 
Because in all sports, practice, practice, practice is what makes you great. It's what makes you perfect. It's what makes you better than your competitors. The more you practice and the better you execute on a daily basis makes you more successful. Let's talk about practicing for a minute. Practicing is like having a routine that you have to do on a consistent basis that keeps you in condition in order to perform at a high level. Checking bait spots is a thing that I have to practice on a daily basis, whether I'm fishing or not. I need to know where the bait is. I need to know how hard it is to catch. I need to know, are they swimming on the top? Are they swimming on the bottom? And it's something that even if I'm not working, I have to practice on a daily basis in order to be successful and be able to execute at extremely high level. Take basketball, for instance. Shooting free throws, something that you have to be able to do if you play basketball. And if you don't practice your free throws, your percentages will go way down. You take a 90% free throw shooter, a professional, and then he doesn't practice his free, free throw shooting for the whole summer. And then he starts off the season. Do you think he's going to be better at free throws or worse at three throws? Even though he knows exactly what to do, he has to practice in order to execute at a high level. Nothing different in the sport of fishing. So with that example, you can see how important practice is. Now, the more you practice, the better you execute. Very similar in the other sports. When you hear these commentators asking the athletes the questions, or the coaches the questions, how often do they say it's about execution? They use the word execute. And in order to be able to execute, you have to be well-practiced. And if you're well-practiced and you can ex execute, then mentally you find yourself in a more su superior and comfortable position. You find yourself performing at a higher level. Now, how does this exactly work when we're talking about fishing? Well, I'll give you a great example. When fishing gets tough and you're having a long, slow day, and there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. But you've been in that position over and over and over again. And you're not getting freaked out. Mentally, you're in the game because you've pulled it off in the past. Where you can catch your big fish and make your trip successful in the last few minutes of the trip. And after doing that over and over and over again, mentally, it's easy for you to get through it. Now, if you haven't done that over and over again, then you're freaking out and you're getting nervous and maybe your decision-making starts to fail because mentally you're completely stressed. Now, with experience, the mental part of the game becomes easier because the longer you do it, the more familiar you are with everything, all the way from booking your clients and knowing what to say on the telephone, more importantly, knowing not what to say, it all becomes much easier for you the more you've done it and the more of a routine that it is. You then have the luxury to look at back of years of experience in order to figure out your next move. The more experience you have in fishing, the better you can execute. Now, I'm sure you've heard it also with people doing interviews and in the sports commentators. And they look at a team and they say, well, that team has so much experience. Or a certain player brings that much experience to the team. And why is that important? The last thing I want to talk about is pain management. In most sports, you have to play through pain. You have to perform in pain in order to get paid. The amount of pain that it takes in order to do 
that's called 200 trips a year. It's something you have to manage. It's something you have to expect. It's something you have to anticipate. It's something you have to work through. The first of the year, I always try to drop about 10 pounds. And the reason I want to drop 10 pounds is because it doesn't hurt too bad this time of year. Carrying around that extra 10 pounds of weight in the old gut will wear you down, make your back hurt, make everything more painful. So I try to lose 10 pounds at the beginning of the season. This year, I started taking Relief Factor. I can't believe I actually take that stuff. The freaking commercial is like, you know, got the testimonials and all that. It's like so salesy. But my buddy Bursa was taking it. He encouraged me to take it. And now I take Relief Factor on a consistent basis. It helps with aches and pains. As a professional athlete, pain is not an excuse not to perform. Maybe you have to make some adjustments. Maybe you have to do things a little bit differently. But you have to get it done. And you have to work through the pain. Being a professional athlete isn't for everybody. Being a professional guy damn sure isn't for everybody. But if you love your sport, and you commit yourself to it, and you dedicate yourself to it, and you do all the little things that make you better, and you apply yourself, you feed your family, you put them through school, you live a lifestyle that is so far more rewarding than it is painful that it makes everything worthwhile and makes you want to get up the next morning and do it again. So to wrap this thing up, let me do a couple of fun factoids. I have five factoids here about athletes and pro fishermen. The number one factoid is none of them smell very good after they get done with a day's worth of work. Secondly, really bad haircuts are common in professional athletes and fishermen. All pro athletes are sporting a callus somewhere on their body. Number four, socially it's always awkward to be a professional athlete. In factoid number five, pro guides hardly ever high-five like they do in the other sports, except for Wicked Tuna. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and thanks for listening to The Real Guy Podcast. 